0: Hello, FEI Engaged subscribers. Welcome to Power Skills. I'm Olivia Berkman, Director of Content at FEI. And today we're talking about accounting for digital assets with Senior Manager at KPMG US, Steve Friedrich. Steve, thank you for joining me in this conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Olivia, for having me.
0: I'm looking forward to to talking about this topic because I know very little about it. And so I have a lot to learn. And, uh, and I'd love for you to start, Steve, by just talking about you know, first of all, what you do at KPMG, and then why is this an area of particular interest to you?
1: Yeah. So you're definitely not alone there, by the way, Olivia. Uh, rapidly growing area. But yeah, uh, my name is Steve Friedrich. I'm a senior manager in KPMG's audit practice. Been with the firm about 10 years now. Um, so I primarily focus on our asset management clients, and this includes investment advisors, uh, broker dealers, custodians, hedge funds, PE funds. Um, But this past year, I've been heavily focused on our clients that have crypto asset focus, digital asset clients, as we call them. Um, So for me, why I got into it, I've always just been interested in new areas of accounting, um, like growing areas, ESG. Um, So crypto was the most recent one where within the last really two years, it seems that we've gotten a handle on crypto and how to audit it. Um, So when the opportunity presented itself, uh, I jumped at it.
0: I want to talk about that in a little bit, just like the accounting rules and and where we are, um, in like the kind of grand scheme of things. But, uh, to to back up a little bit, as as you and I talked about, some of the people that are watching this are uh, students, accounting and finance students. So I'm curious if this is an area of of focus for those students in finance and accounting programs, and and. Uh, Is it being, in your opinion, emphasized enough at that stage of the game?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely beginning to be. um, Like I said, everything's really new. Mm -hmm. But um, certain uh, accounting curriculums at universities have had it, not necessarily full dedicated courses. um, But even without a digital asset focus within a university, uh, the universities provide solid background with the core accounting skills and principles that professionals need to know. Um, and that they can apply to really any area. So that goes to professional judgment, ethical decision making, uh, understanding how to develop and understand the business. So going through walkthroughs, understanding the processes, what controls does a company have in place. So all fundamental skills that you do learn in the classroom, even if you don't necessarily get that digital asset touch. And
0: I, I want to ask you about you know. So you're learning a certain amount in school, but this is, as you said, a very new area. So, what are some of the resources that you recommend people use as their as things are changing in this space, and as people are kind of moving up in their careers, if they have a particular interest or they've been tasked with, you know, understanding accounting for for uh, digital assets? What are some resources that you like?
1: Uh, well, there's a ton out there. Uh, everyone's coming kind with of digital asset stuff. Right. Um, some of the ones that I think are really good, uh, chairman Gensler at the sec, he actually taught a course at MIT. And so if you're looking for a full on college course, a high level graduate course, actually, um, that's a phenomenal one. it's available on YouTube, uh, it does take some dedication, but there's smaller ones out there. Uh, the New York times uh, a few months ago, did a great segment on, um, Digital assets and blockchain technology, which is great, more high level, quick read. Um, but you know, KPMG as well. We've got our financial reporting view resources on our website, and we've got a whole site section devoted to digital assets and blockchain technology. Um, so really, you know, just Google YouTube. But those are three of my favorites.
0: I'm glad you brought up, brought up blockchain, actually, because that was such a buzzword for for you know me as as in my in my previous role uh as a managing editor for FEI and i wonder if like is that is is blockchain i know blockchain is fundamental to to the understanding of of you know accounting for for cryptocurrencies but is is it still does it still get the same like attention and buzz and is it still seen as an area of particular interest for people in finance and accounting?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So how I like to think of it is digital assets are just a subset of blockchain technology as a whole. Um, Digital assets was also the first type of application for blockchain technology. So it started with Bitcoin. Um, Author Satoshi wrote a paper on Bitcoin and underlying blockchain technology that supports it. But after digital assets and cryptocurrency um, moved along to other areas, uh, smart contracts is what we're hearing a lot about now, and in, in DeFi, um, so companies are trying to apply this crypto technology, this blockchain technology, to other beneficial uh, uses. This distributed, immutable ledger.
0: Okay, and tell me what smart contracts. What does that mean?
1: Okay, so smart contracts, essentially a basic contract, but where you have to follow through. There's no other option. If A, then B versus a typical contract, you know, you give me money for some goods. All right. We have to pass that along. We each have to agree. It's a manual process. Uh, With a smart contract, it'll automatically go through if the conditions are met.
0: So we've talked about blockchain smart contracts. What are some of the other areas that are very important for people maybe coming out of school or in their early stages of career as it relates to digital assets, if they they are in a finance or accounting role?
1: Yeah, I mean, particularly in an accounting or finance role is is understanding how to account for it, um, which is kind of interesting because there's no real guidance out there for it right now. Uh, The AACPA has put together a uh, digital asset guide which provides some guidance on how you should be thinking about it and how you can apply some uh, accounting guidance in U.S. GAAP that does exist. But there's no specific accounting standard codification for digital assets. So accountants don't necessarily like the word creative, but it's being creative about how you apply existing knowledge to uh, a really growing and new subset.
0: That's very it's very challenging, I guess, and I would think in in for for you and and for those who are tasked with figuring this out without rules, um I mean, how do you even begin then to really understand how to account for this and I mean, yeah, you know, especially for people in finance and accounting, they rely on rules and guidance. and so how does that happen?
1: Yeah, no. I mean. We especially are very rigid and stereotypically right focused. You need to follow whatever the guidance says. Um, but that's what makes, makes it so exciting, right? So when going to digital assets, first thing to remember is what one of my partners calls the original sin of digital assets. They're considered intangible assets. So counting for them the same way you would as Coca-Cola's formula for Coke. Um, something that doesn't quite exist, so goodwill, and you amortize that over time and you'll assess for impairment. Um, But that has repercussions to not just how you account for and value the actual digital assets itself, but there are other issues out there like uh, staking is is getting very popular now, especially as Ethereum's moving to uh, Ethereum 2.0. So with staking, you'll get rewards, um, some money deposited into your wallet uh, after a set amount of time like, okay, so how do I actually account for this? Is it it interest? Is it revenue? Once you've decided, okay, it is revenue, then what guidance, what accounting topics within the revenue recognition guidance would actually apply to digital assets? You'd have to go into intangible assets, see what the guidance is for, it's going to give you examples for patents and goodwill, right? And it's like, okay, well, how would I apply this in these specific facts and circumstances? So yeah, I mean, it's it's not a lot of guidance out there, but it's exciting because you're kind of creating guidance.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. So you're finding relatively similar, uh, you know, areas of guidance and you're applying it. Um, and, and so if you, so what does get, this is a kind of a strange question, but like what does getting it wrong look like if there is no guidance? How do you yeah. know if you're getting it wrong?
1: Well, yeah. Great question. For our for our public clients, um, the SEC could tell you, they'll come back with a comment letter if in their mm. client or the issuer's 10k has something and they disagree with, they'll challenge you. So you do see for some of uh, issuers that are public, you'll see comment letters from the SEC. So that gives some insights. Uh, so that's where you first saw that the SEC and was expecting for staking to be accounted for as um, revenue.
0: what do finance and accounting students and those who are starting out at a firm, let's say, or, or, um, in their, in their role, what do they need to know about NFTs, if anything?
1: Um, NFTs are fascinating too. I mean, I don't know, Olivia how much you know about NFTs. I'm trying, I'm I'm trying, trying Steve. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, for me, it was my first introduction was Bored Apes. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I sure am.
0: My husband introduced me and I've, (laughs) I don't know if I'm better for it or worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For those that don't know, essentially a JPEG of various apes that are going for thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, so I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, like what's the value in this? Um, but right now I don't think there's anything more specific for NFTs than other digital assets. It's, you know, still, how do you account for it? How do you look at it? Um, the interesting thing with NFTs is there's marketplace for it, but how do you necessarily value it? There's only going to be like a few transactions, so I mean, we're still trying to wrap our heads around valuation aspect. And I mentioned earlier that's typically accounted for as intangible assets, where it's cost less uh, impairment. Uh, for some of my clients, the investment the digital asset investment companies. Um, they can actually account for it for fa- under a fair value, which makes more sense. But a um, whole host of problems with NFTs and trying to figure out what it's actually worth today or even second to second.
0: We talked a lot about like the excitement of crypto. And are we seeing accounting and finance people leave these more like a more traditional role and, and get and like getting into crypto as just their career path?
1: Yeah. I mean, st- especially seeing it with uh, some more established folks, but mm. I think that's probably because it's more surprising. Why are you leaving this very lucrative career in investment banking that you know is safe and solid to right. go into this emerging area where you know we've seen digital assets collapse over the past 10 months, third the value of what they were in October. So it's certainly risky. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really exciting to see all the different firms that are popping up. And, you know, that's also it's exciting, too, about serving these clients, seeing them grow from, you know, relatively small shops to they could be the next, you know, BlackRock.
0: Yeah, it does seem extremely risky, just seeing, you know, certain assets just get wiped out completely. And, you know, the idea of building a career around it. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, some people have a, have a appetite for risk and, yeah. uh, you know, God bless them because we need them, but, uh, yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah. then, yeah, for folks entering the workforce, you know, that makes more sense to me. Um, right. You know, you're building up your background. You can, you can establish yourself early in your career as a, a leader in this new and emer- emerging area, which is you know, huge for job growth going down the line.
0: Yeah. And as you're seeing people, let's say like those who have joined, you know, KPMG more recently and, and are you seeing them have the know-how and the skills in this area, uh, like sufficient skills and, and know-how, or do you think that they have quite a lot to learn?
1: Um, no, I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's the fundamental concepts, Mm -hmm. the crucial building blocks of any career being able to understand what questions you need to ask, just being a curious thinker and then being logical and level headed um, and being able to be a student of the firm or a student of the industry, you know, lifelong learning. I think it's probably been preached to everyone, but super crucial in areas like this, where you can't just go in and talk to someone and be like, Oh, how did you do this last year? Um, So you definitely have to be a little more creative and innovative and, confident that you can research these things on your own, but it's still the same fundamental skills that really any college graduate should have.
0: And the last thing I want to ask you, Steve, is where is this heading? Like, what do you expect to see in the next, you know, several years as far as, you know, guidance, as far as um, how big of, like what percentage of, of finance or accounting person's job is this going to be especially on the audit side like what do you see in the future I know that was a, I know that's a lot and you don't have a crystal ball but Such what are a some loaded thoughts? question, Olivia.
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> I, don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. I remember uh, doing a project back in high school where I uh, emailed someone who thought the mouse on a computer was going to be old technology and I'm, I'm like 15 year old emailing her and like 20 years later being like so what why did you think you were so wrong But um, I mean, really the sky's the limit. I mean, that's what I certainly know is we don't know where we're gonna be in five years where this technology is gonna be. We already see certain governments adopting digital assets their primary currency, Um, that's huge. And then going back to blockchain, just seeing all the different ways in which you can employ it. Um, Seeing businesses use it in their day-to-day operations. Um, So the the role of an auditor is definitely gonna evolve. You know, even regardless of digital assets, but specifically with immutable ledgers, um, that's what we're here to check the ledgers. If it's immutable, it changes the focus of our job.
0: And what about the guidance? Do you think that that's like in what ways is that going to evolve, do you think, with time?
1: So it's already back in April. uh, FASB put it on as a a project that they're looking into. Mm -hmm. Um, So. You know, it's getting a lot of focus. Still, a relatively small percentage of you know overall investments. Yeah. So, kind of makes sense that it's not you know top of the list. But um, you are getting some kind of quirky answers uh, under the current literature. So, I do think there's going to be a lot more clarity in the future. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Well, Steve, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, you know, specifically with that demographic in mind—the early career folks and and students. Uh, when it comes to this area, maybe just from your own personal, you know, experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, number one, just get involved, ask questions, mm-hmm. network. I mean, just start talking to people. If you're interested in this, if you're at your firm, start having conversations over lunch. If you know someone that's actually involved in it already, go ask them for coffee. Um, I feel like a lot of folks are hesitant to do that. Why would this senior partner or senior person want to go out with me? Like, what am I going to bring to the table? We or they love doing that. I mean, it's just such an easy thing to do, like trying to give back, Uh, you know, especially same university or same um, employer. Then you already have that shared connection. And once you have that shared connection, you also have maybe a shared interest in digital assets and blockchain technology. So people are more than willing to engage. um, That's really it. Talking to folks um there's there's industry groups that are out there i'm a member of a global digital asset and cryptocurrency association um great where just folks get together and talk digital assets and what issues we're seeing um but yeah i mean being a student of the firm talking to folks joining organizations same thing you would really do for for any area that you're interested in
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's uh, important to remember that this is a new area for really everybody. So even the experts in, you know, in, on crypto and and digital assets, like they can only have known about this for so long. So it's new for most of us and it's okay to to be like me and ask some, you know, dumb questions or, you know, (laughs) elementary questions. That's okay. Because we're all, you know, in in a not too dissimilar boat. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, currently in the process of upscaling 3,500 of our auditors. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got this education learning center down in Florida, Gold Lake House. I was down there for a few times this past summer Mm -hmm. um, talking to folks from all levels, senior associates up to partner at Digital Assets. So yeah, everyone's kind of in the same boat learning this and trying to become next gen auditor.
0: I love it. Well, Steve, thank you so much for uh, explaining all this to me and, and to the audience. And, uh, I just want to thank you for your time and your insights. And this is an exciting area. Uh, I'm glad that we addressed it because I think we're just only going to hear more and more about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much, Olivia. I really appreciated Talking to you. Thanks for having me.